All right, Connor, the year 2020 was marked by something besides COVID-19. Yes, many things. So what specifically are you thinking about? I'm referring to the very serious conversations about race relations in the United States, but also the impact of those conversations globally. Yes, absolutely. And at the risk of, you know, being political on a science podcast, um, it's something that we probably should talk about. Absolutely. Scientific organizations came into this conversation and started taking a hard look at themselves, or let me say, of ourselves, because the representation is rather scandalous. When I fully realized that um, as we struggle with issues of diversity and inclusion and representation in the sciences, that all too often um, those on the margins are left out of those discussions. And all too often, they do not have access to information or to mentors and role models. Uh, all too often, they're not aware of opportunities that might exist or that there's a space for them, a space for them to step in, a step in and, and move towards their potential, but also a safe space for them to create part of the future. And so who's this? This is Dr. Joan Reed. She has a lot more to say and offers an inspiring story that really matters on this episode of Discovery Matters. My story, I came to a time when all the books I read were about women and they were about women nurses. So I had never heard about a woman being a doctor. And so I came through the time when there was Marcus Welby. I can't risk serious respiratory development. Yeah, I know. And then Casey. Dr. Casey, I'll be down as soon as I can. Dr. Kildare. Ah, the elusive Dr. Kildare. And all these people I was seeing on television. And I said, they look like they're in charge. And I think I should be in charge. This is seventh grade. So I said, I, I want to be a doctor. This is seventh grade. Knew nothing about this, but I knew I should be in charge. Never occurred to me that they were white. Never occurred to me that they were men. They were just in charge, and that's what I should be. This didn't come out of, there were doctors all around me. It didn't come out of knowledge. I'd say part of it came out of knowing myself and believing in myself and coming from a family of um, amazing women who taught me that my life should be around this idea of purpose and finding something where I could make a difference with my life and that anything I wanted was possible. So it never occurred to me I couldn't do it. It never occurred to me that I shouldn't do it. I was very lucky with that. And these were women that it wasn't because they had doctorates. My mother got her college degree the year I graduated from medical school. And my grandmother only went to middle school. And my grandmother was raised by her grandmother, who had been born a slave. So these were strong women um, who were able to instill in me, not because they had the education, but they had life education and understood the power of education. Wow, that's quite an origin story. I, mean, I loved it. You know, as she was growing up not limiting yeah. herself by the prejudice of others. I mean, that's marvelous. You don't hear that often. It is great. But unfortunately, later in life, her story is a little bit different. 
you know, I get lots of people sort of saying, you know, would you be interested in going to this position for dean or president or these other kinds of things? I had someone go so far in one of these. And I said, no, I'm not really interested. I like what I'm doing now. Could I just put your name in? Because I need some black names here. When you're a person of color, that is not an unusual type thing. People aren't always bold enough to say it. So for me, do I, do I take it seriously that somebody is really looking for diversity or going to give me an opportunity in the position? No. What you want is to have my picture there or my name there. All of this stuff is playing through for kids. And then they look at our organizations and they say, wait a minute, there's nobody else that looks like me. I don't know if that's the place I want to be. Okay. So then how do you start to see people who look like me? And then for our companies, they'll say things to me like, well, I bring them in, but they don't stay. And I want to say, well, why should I stay? Nobody moves forward. Nobody advances. I don't, you know. And what you've asked is for me to come in your culture, but your culture is not accepting or modifying itself for the fact that it is a different culture because you have different people there. Okay. So what, what should we do? I, you know, and I, I'm going to, I'm going to add here is that Dr. Reed said these things after we had actually concluded the interview. And she said, you know, there is something that I haven't told you about and you probably don't want to use it. And she told me the story and I asked her, I said, can we please use it? Because I think that this is so important and it is the crux of you cannot take this issue lightly and it is not a Band-Aid solution. You have to think differently and change behavior in order to be part of the solution. Mm. And and so I know it's a long-term effort that has to be done over many, many years. But where do we start? Well, one thing that Dr. Reed has done is she became the founder of the BSCP, the Biomedical Science Careers Program. Even in this creation of BSCP, I remember that the first people at Harvard, and they said, that's Joan's fantasy. Don't even call it a name. It's a fantasy. You can't create it. You're going to create something that's going to identify these kids all over the place who are going to be bright and motivated, and you're going to bring them together. You're going to match them with mentors and advisors, and you're going to help them move forward in their careers. There's no way you can do that. Well, now almost 14,000 people have come to BSCP from over 35 states and from multiple countries. Um, and it continues to grow, and it continues to have the understanding that I talked about from the beginning, but also this realization that as the environment and the society, as the needs change, the organization needs to change. Since 1991, when BSCP began its programs and started its student conferences, more than 13,000 minority students and 1,200 postdoctoral trainees and junior faculty members from underrepresented backgrounds have participated in the BSCP programs. And these individuals are then able to go to institutions across 39 states in the United States, as well as in Mexico, Brazil, and Australia, thanks to the help of the BSCP. That is seriously impressive. So clearly BSCP are starting to help make those changes that we want to see, um, both within society and the environment. Exactly. And when you think about learning and inclusiveness, the situation is even more acute 
with the impact of the COVID pandemic. There are two different kinds of things that happen. So many students were discouraged. You know, it's, do I even apply to college? Do I even apply to medical or graduate school or this next level? And how do I go about it? And how do I get the information for my tests? So that that's a very um, real obstacle. If you, if you think I can't even transition to the next level. And so we really expanded the offerings we had that reached thousands of students in terms of here's the new rules of the game, or here's what's going on with the testing, or here's the process, or how here's how you do this, or for the high school kids, for something for their parents, and this is what this means and how you navigate through this. I think an even greater need in this past year where there was so much uncertainty, and we're still seeing part of that uncertainty now about what do I do next in my career. So that's this one part. The other part that happened was um, how do we also hear what students are saying about real concrete needs. It's sort of like, this is wonderful, but I can't get IT access. I don't have a computer to even join your Zoom, or my computer is so old, I, I, I can't even use the tools that we have today. And so with that, established a COVID fund, a very different kind of COVID fund that says, let's help you with where you are. I can't pay your tuition, but I can make it so that you can still function during this period of time. But BSCP has always been about how do we respond to the needs of the students in the here and now. So what can we all do as just basically decent human beings and... And as privileged people. And yes, from like positions, let's be frank, of incredible privilege that we have, how do we use that privilege to really make a difference? I mean, supporting the BSCP, absolutely. But personally, what else should I be thinking about and my peers? Dr. Reed had some fantastic advice for leaders. So from everything from applying to college and being told my guidance counselor, Nobody from our town, nobody from our school, nobody like you has ever gone. Don't apply. You can't get in. But I told you about what I call the ladies. And for the ladies, it's if that's what you want to do, you apply and that's where you go. So for me, it's always been about if I work hard, no gifts. If I work hard and I use the gifts that I have been given, okay, I can go for anything. And that's what was brought forward. So in this day where this student says to me, I didn't know that there could be black female doctors, I'm thinking about it. I didn't know either, but it never occurred to me that it couldn't happen. And so what I was able to bring to this is the wisdom of the ladies, right? This understanding that I belong, which so many children do not understand that they belong in the space that they want to be in. So that barrier is removed, that it's hard work, but it's also opportunity. That sometimes when you don't know or you fail, it's because others have had the privilege of, of knowing or understanding or having connections that you haven't had. That doesn't make you less. It just means give me those connections and opportunities. And I too will succeed. Um, it's also understanding that I had this unique point in time where I could use the connections that I had I could work with others and in collaboration with others 
to create something new and different and have opportunity. That's how BSCP was born. Wow, so BSCP really are taking on a lot of the leadership positions in, in, in community, especially around the pandemic. Yeah. And, you know, Connor, our company, Cytiva, we're all in. We've brought on seven interns through BSCP, and they are working in various parts of our company. But neither we nor BSCP will stop there. I asked Dr. Reed how she'd like to see the future of science and the progression towards greater inclusivity in the science industry. Here's what she had to say about that. When we talk about the underrepresentation of certain groups in the sciences, in here you might think of in the STEM, STEM um, the technology, the engineering, the mathematics, really across the board, the fields of biomedical sciences, which is what BSCP is about, it is not new. And as we see these demographic shifts in our country, that disparity in terms of representation is only going to grow if we don't address it. So if we looked at, say, children under 18 today in our country, where 36% are students of color, Black, Hispanic, Native American, Asian, et cetera. If we look out towards 2060, we're looking at 64% being students of color. So when we start to talk about who are going to be the nurses and the doctors and the dentists, who are going to be the researchers and the technicians and the engineers of tomorrow, we're going to increasingly be drawn from these youth of color. This is not a matter of, this is a nice thing to do. This is about viability of our enterprises we move into the future. So if we look at our conference and BSCP conference, where there's over a thousand students from across the country, and there may be 250 advisors. The last conference, over 50 of those advisors had been BSCP students. And now they're doctors and scientists. Some are their own CEOs and entrepreneurs and have started their own companies. So yeah, I, I want them to lead in the future. I'm not going to be here. I want them to be prepared to continue to move this forward. So that's just an amazing legacy that she's planning on leaving behind when she, I suppose, retires. I know. I mean, leave it to a strong woman who knew she wanted to be a boss. Mm, exactly. That's pretty much my philosophy in life. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to the women. Yes. The BSCP has really changed the game. And this youth of color that Dr. Reed is talking about really shows the vast bank of talent and future leaders that are available to the sciences. So she's created something extremely powerful and it's, you know, she's encouraging future leaders and not gatekeeping. Um, this is very hopeful. Yeah, it really does feel hopeful. But there's obviously still a long, long way to go, right? Um, so people like Dr. Reed, organizations like BSCP, taking responsibility to educate ourselves. There's a moral imperative here, right? I think to use the capital that we have in our privilege to make room and support marginalized communities and bring them in so that the life sciences sector is representative of the whole of humanity. 
Exactly. So at the end of this episode of Discovery Matters, we have a call out to you who are listening. Please take action. Please take the advice of Dr. Reed and support the BSCP if you can. And other organizations that might be doing similar work wherever you might be. Yeah. And thank you for listening. Discovery Matters was produced this time by Bethany Grace Armit Brewster, our very own podcast planning intern. Music by Thomas Henley. And finally, thank you to Dr. Joan Reed for helping us understand the amazing work that the BSCP is doing and teaching us about what we can do to help drive diversity within the life sciences. Now, a little after credits story, Connor. Mm. During my interview with Dr. Reed, you know, we have a puppy at home. Yeah. I had to interrupt the interview and say, excuse me, Dr. Reed, I have to go stop my dog from eating toilet paper. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> and she she waited patiently. And then I came back to the interview. And just at the very end, like I heard this sound in the background of her camera. like, And she said, so you had your dog. Excuse me now, those are my cats. Oh, that is brilliant. <laughs> That's brilliant. She's a cat lady.